What's your plan? Well, I'll tell you when I figure that out. Are you serious? Welcome to the Rebellion. Greetings, Forceketeers, and welcome to another episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast. I am your host, Spectre 7, and joining me on our table tonight are Spectre 8 and Spectre 9. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Now, Lindsay, you were just at a New York Comic Con, right? Yeah. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that and uh, all the Rebels love you that you saw there? Yeah, Lindsay. Do yeah, tell it was... <laughs> There was I, I got I also got con cred. I picked up some con cred when I was there, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really impressive. Uh, I think it was Thursday. It was either Thursday or Friday that I ran into an, uh, the Caden um, cosplayer um, the first day, and he he was looking really really good. And then I ran into the uh, family that was cosplaying um, Sabine, Kanan and Ezra, their little kid was Ezra and they were just the cutest. And it just, there was a lot of, um, a lot of passion out there. I didn't, I saw a couple other cosplayers, but I couldn't grab them to take pictures of them because they were far away from me. But, um, I talked to a lot of star Wars. I actually talked to quite a few, uh, star Wars cosplayers while I was there and all of them had you know, caught up with Star Wars Rebels and or hadn't at least had seen se- up to season two and were really excited about seeing season three. And it just makes me really excited because I feel like there just wasn't that kind of high- obviously it was a different time and fandom for Clone Wars. But it's just really awesome to see how popular this show is with the fans and how much people really, really enjoy it. And I talked to a lot of people who are really excited about, you know, Thrawn being added. Um, Timothy Zahn was there. I didn't get to see him, but, you know, there was a lot of hype over him and the new book that's coming out. And there was just a lot of Star Wars stuff going on, even though Star Wars themselves didn't have a huge presence. Um, they had like a small booth, but overall, like there were a lot of Star Wars cosplayers. I saw more. That's, I mean, to be honest, the amount of Star Wars Rebels cosplayers I saw was more than I've seen at any con. That is great news, yeah, though. You you kind of touched on something. Like I definitely agree that the uh, like the fandom. I think we were a lot quicker to adopt Rebels than they were Clone Wars because we kind of had those growing pains where this wasn't like we were still in that prequel trilogy era, and also nobody really liked Ahsoka when she first you know started. Like my, yeah. I'm guilty, you know, shit. but I think when season three hit and it really hit its stride, that's when we all kind of jumped on board and we're like, hey, like, this is something. So when Rebels started, we were kind of already ready and, prom- and pumped. Like, we we were sad that we lost Clone Wars because it ended on such a great note. Rest in peace forever fives. <laughs> but, you know, just... Uh, yeah, we were just kind of in a different in a different mindset, and for me, like I kind of jumped right into Rebels. So yeah. Anyway, someday I'll cosplay yeah, it was, as Kanan, or you know, please, because I know a certain somebody wants to be Hera. So Hera is being Mike. You're a Zeb Hera. at best. You're a Zeb at best. <laughs> I I am a chopper <laughs> all around. A chopper. There we go. 
Uh, so yeah, guys, let's uh, let's d- dive into our uh, newest episode, the Antilles Extraction. I personally got a lot of feels with this episode. I'm a huge Imperial fan. I was a big, big fan of the video game Tie Fighter, yeah, which mm-hmm. brought back so many feels uh, in this episode. Um, let's start with the description of the episode. With the rebellion in desperate need of pilots, Sabine goes undercover as an Imperial cadet to recruit defectors, including the confident and gifted Wedge Antilles. Hmm. So, yeah, just kind of starting off like this. I mean, it was kind of a dark opening to the show. Um, you know, the rebels are making another supply run for the planet Terralov, and you know they they're they're on their way. That everything's looking good, and all of a sudden, three uh, tie interceptors jump out and just decimate this whole thing. Yeah, and I know that we had I had talked to you about it earlier, but I think it's really funny on the show. I mean, it is a kid. You know, it is on um, Disney XD. And it is uh, has a you know a G rating, so it's really funny to me to watch you know these these rebels ships get hit, and you see slight explosions inside their cockpit, and then it cuts away, like implying the the ship explosion and death. When if they showed the full ship explosion, it's not going to be any more graphic. Yeah. <laughs> but they no, don't yeah, ever I show was- it. Well, I would, no, I was watching it. Like, they do show it. It It isn't in the foreground. It is kind of off in the distance. But, yeah. It's like, off, they're, but, yeah, they, they're very, like, no, no, no. It's like, no, no, no. They ejected. They ejected. They're okay. <laughs> hey, they get life. They have life vests in, in some ver- later versions. So. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, we just kind of see these TIE interceptors. And for the first time, like, we have confirmation that this early in the timeline, like tie interceptors are a thing, which kind mm-hmm. of isn't surprising because we have a wings, which, you know, are also from that era. Yeah. Y wings. But, but I love interceptors. And one thing I really noticed was the little red markings on the time. Weren't exactly like the ones I'm thinking of, which were the one eighty first squadron that Baron fell was a big uh, member of. Um, those those markings went along the sides of the wings, and these ones were looked like they were kind of just on the tips. But it was a nice nod. Like I really, really enjoyed that, and kind of hoped that they would be the one eighty first. But <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of geeked out at that. I was like, eh. But that's what this show's about. This show's about geeking out. Yeah, and that is noticing a lot more than I would have noticed. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I love my tie. I love my tie fighters, but I, I would not have noticed that. Well, that A-Wing that I mentioned last time that I have hanging in my apartment is being chased by a 181st TIE Interceptor. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's so pretty. Anyway, so we get we get to the back to the Rebellion, and they are just not happy. They've lost six ships, six pilots, and it sounds like they're losing pilots faster than they can keep, like, faster than they can recruit them. Right. So we get our kind of reveal of Fulcrum, who, as we know, was Ahsoka's codename back in season one. But then Hera kind of drops the bomb on us because we're all excited. Like, even Ezra's like, Ahsoka's okay? And we yes, find out Ezra that, seems so upset. Yeah, we find out that Fulcrum is a uh, It's multiple codename. people. Yeah, there's multiple right. Fulcrums. This is actually good, though, because this uh that became a little a bit of an issue during the book aftermath they mentioned fulcrum and then they gave the name fulcrum to ahsoka so it was a good way to kind of 
you know, close that gap there and, and say Fulcrum is actually multiple people. Yeah, like it made sense the way they explained it, how there were multiple just like there's multiple cells of this rebellion. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that kind of sucked, and but it, it, it works. Like it, it made sense. Any mm-hmm. guesses so this, to who this one was? Uh, you know, I know. Um, I I don't want this one to be a character because the last one was um, because the last one was Ahsoka. Yeah, mm-hmm. I ca- I kind of want this one to just be an agent, like just kind of a no name, you know, guy just in the a normal person. Yeah, but I but I did hear some theories online that some people think that this is Thrawn playing a long game with the rebels. So. That'd be nice. I thought that I was like that idea. Yeah, I figured you would, but <laughs> or you know, or it could be, you know, we're bringing in Bo-Katan. Maybe it's Bo-Katan, like because we don't know what role she's playing. I, the only reason I'm, I'm, you know, who knows? I'm only yeah. thinking because yeah, there, there are multiple people that they're bringing in this season that it could, could be. But I like the idea of it just being just some normal person. It's not someone specific. Yeah, because it doesn't think- always. Yeah, specific person. Yeah, it doesn't have to. And like, if it runs, if if it is a new person again, like like a character, like a legacy character, it kind of makes Ahsoka's reveal not you know not as impressive, not as like, yeah, because yeah. it means everybody's everybody's a fulcrum. You're a fulcrum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're a fulcrum, and you're a fulcrum. Everyone's a fulcrum. <laughs> but but no, so we get we the uh, the new fulcrum. Gives us some information that they're gonna that there are some Imperial cadets at the Sky Strike Academy that want to defect to the rebellion. So they all decide, or Hera decides that Sabine is gonna be the one that leads this mission, and she's gonna be going undercover. Ezra kind of like, hey, why, why am I not allowed? Like, why can't I go? And Hera replies with that the Empire knows his face, yeah. like he's he, they they know about him too much. Mm-hmm. Now this kind of struck me as odd because. Hera Erika Sabine was in the academy. Yeah. Right. So shouldn't she, they have a picture of her? Like ex- they would have her on file. Yeah. Like they, yeah, granted she's changed her hair every season and I'm sure but she did that a lot the, back then. But it's the but, empire. They keep files on everyone. <laughs> exactly. Like the, that, that line kind of struck me as odd. Like why, why would they recognize Ezra, but not someone who was officially a cadet for years as she reminds us. I, I don't know. Like, that just kind of struck me as it's, odd. It's because so. the Empire is so, so big, though. Like, it's always cycling yeah. new officers. I mean, Vader went through a bunch of them on Empire Strikes Back. But I, I just no, feel I like well, they I... just cycle through so many people. And I'm sure it just kind of gets lost, uh, you know, when companies well, get and big. If and... She... Sorry, go ahead. If she, wasn't tra- if she wasn't training there and they didn't do biometrics on her, like, she gives her card. And obviously, like, that card has different false biometrics on it if they didn't like her biometrics are probably on file but as long as she didn't get her biometrics scanned she probably was okay but i would assume that they would scan everybody's i would assume they would have scanned people's biometrics but like fingernail like like handprints and stuff not like but that's that's my only explanation is that she assumed that because of where this was they weren't necessarily going to look at that if she had falsification like false documents you know and i just thought about it right now she normally wears her helmet when she's on missions true so they probably yeah they probably don't (laughs) recognize her she's probably you know worn her helmet every time she's encountered the empire since 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how she, she did the uh, Nintendo blow <laughs> on the cartridge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of funny. I was actually Every- really happy though that this was a Sabine episode. Uh, I want to see more Sabine. Like she's kind of been more of a mystery character for me. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they're starting to kind of slowly bring up her story. So I thought it was it was nice, like uh, to kind of follow her. You know, just go into battle with her. But yeah, we don't get a whole lot of info about characters like Sabine. She's always kind of been the black sheep of the show. You know, we had that episode last season with her with her friend Ketsuanyo that kind of delved in a little bit more of a history. And then the episode with Fan Rao, where we find out she's a Mandalorian from the Vizsla clan. So we're getting bits and pieces of Sabine's backstory. And so, granted, this episode didn't drop a whole lot of Sabine backstory. This was a Sabine episode. No doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is why she had to go on this mission. So we could have an episode about her. So now when they get to Sky Strike Academy and they're all flying on their missions and they're uh, addressing each other. So she talks to Wedge for the first time in, in there. And so he's I think he's two five and she's three six. They're uh, yeah. pilot names, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like they're like they're very much numbers, not you know, not people, obviously. They don't have code names like Phoenix Squadron or Spectres. You know, they're just they're just numbers to the Empire. SS three six and SS two five. Yeah. So but I it, it kind of struck me because I didn't realize that was a you know, we find out afterwards after this mission that it's a sim- that it's a simulator. Exactly like the game TIE Fighter. <laughs> Which yeah. <laughs> If you haven't played TIE Fighters, so they have those training missions where you're in a pod, a, a lot like the ones that they're on in this show, doing simulated missions like the one they're on this show. Like, that was such a cool callback. And I, I really want to hope that was where they got that inspiration for that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it just it felt like a cool thing. Kind of like how we had with the B-Wings and the um, the planet that the B-Wing was from. That, that was tied into the old RPG like I love it when they pull from legends like this. Yeah. Um and also it's I think it's interesting during their simulation that they're told to break protocol, um imperial protocol, which and then of course they get in trouble for breaking imperial protocol, but imperial protocol is not to destroy a damaged ship, it's to board it and you know capture any rebels that are on board, which would make sense. Yeah, and of course what- they get what I thought was interesting was when the ghosts showed up. Yeah, that was super that, interesting. That threw me for a loop because I was like, oh, like, I'm like, oh, she's going to fire on the ship. And oh, when they shot down the Y-Wings, I was like, yeah, shooting down Y-Wings. But oh, like, they're shooting down pilots. It was the Kobayashi. Then, yeah, it was. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't know it was a simulator at first. And when, they, when the ghost shows up and starts shooting on Sabine, I was like, oh, that's yeah. a thing. And then obviously it was the simulator, which that was kind of a cool reveal, but also like that kind of, she kind of plays it like, Hey, that wasn't a normal transport. What was that? And then they name drop the ghost, the Imperial commander that comes out, whose name is Volt Scaris, you know, saying that it's the ghost and it is a modified, you know, freighter that, that they keep running into. Like, it kind of creates a little tension for Sabine because they know about her crew. They know about the ship. So she they're running simulations to destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's got to be like really, really weird for her. 
Mascaris, by the way, was an awesome character. I'm, I'm just want more of that. And again, mm-hmm. an, another kind of call out to, you know, the the game Tie Fighter. Like there was a character, uh, the character you play is Merrick Steele, and that was kind of the vibe. I was really hoping this would be him, or he had a mustache like Baron Fell has in the old Legends mm-hmm. universe. Like I really wanted Scaris to be one of those characters and we got really close because he had the mustache that baron fell has he has the jumpsuit with the yellow uh fells was red like we got really really close to that character yeah it just there was so much tie fighter love in this episode <laughs> yeah it's 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 very interesting they they do come there is while there are little hints to stuff in legends this is completely off um Unlike stuff with, like, Tarkin, who has now been taken from Legends and pulled into the, the actual canonical, uni- or, yeah, canonical universe, Wedge's backstory now is completely different. Um, if, just for um, listeners, Wedge's story and uh, backstory in uh, Legends was that his parents uh, ran a Starship refueling de- depot, and it, it exploded, killed his parents, and so he went off and um, ended up becoming a pilot of a freighter. And so he was a, a freighter pilot before he joined the Rebel Alliance. He never was involved with the Imperials from, if I remember correctly, I haven't read the X-Wing books in a while, but he never was involved with the um, Imperials besides like doing work for them as a, a freighter pilot. But he never was like a TIE fighter pilot or anything like that. So this is yes. a completely uh, different thing. Yeah, and see, they, in, they mention a little bit of that when he talks about where the empire found him. They, they, he says they found me, you know, as a freighter pilot before this. Oh, I missed. Transport, yeah. Okay. So there was a yeah. transport pilot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was a little nod. There is a little nod to it. Okay. But, but yeah. But, yeah. And according nice. to, according to Pablo in the rebels recon episode after this hobby also kind of had hints that he also was a, an Imperial pilot before he joined the rebellion. Hobby was one of the, fi- one of the pilots who died at the battle of Hoth. See, I felt and, like right. everybody was, was so up on, on wedge being on this episode. I was really happy that hobby was too. Cause hobby was a, a big vital part in the battle of Hoth also, you know? Yeah. 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 Like that seeing, seeing hobby there was kind of like, Oh, okay. So it's not just wedge that's here. Yeah, yeah like, it's, it, was, it was two of our pilots. Well, and Rake, but and and Rake, but, <laughs> and Rake, but, but Rake, Rake yeah. is well because when you dro- when you drop Wedge, Hobby, and then Rake, like obviously one of these things is not like the other. One of these things is dead. Like well, and like I kept so. I kept like and I, well, and the thing is like I I used to read all the X Wing books and I really enjoyed them. So I was like Rake, like am I forgetting somebody? And I was like trolling through the internet going while I was watching the episode, being like, man, who's this Rake kid? Am I forgetting somebody? And then I went, oh, oh, no. No, I didn't forget anybody. Nope, he's a red shirt. <laughs> no, because I did the same thing. I was like, I was like, I don't remember Rake. <laughs> and looks like I don't have to. So so we get to the part where Sabine kind of, you know, lays it on them. Like, hey, I'm the one for the rebellion. You know, I heard you guys talking. You know, you guys want to defect. You told me your story, you know. You you didn't sign up for this. You didn't sign up to be a merciless killer. You wanted to help people, and you thought the rebellion or you thought the empire would be that way. Granted, a lot of people did at the time. You know, they all thought that the that the empire was the one that was helping people. They were the government. Why wouldn't they? So 
Wedge kind of lays that story on her. She lets him know, hey, I'm the person that's here to get you out. You know, you called. Here I am. What's and, the plan? <laughs> and yeah. I love that. I love that she's making it up as she goes along. Welcome like, to the rebellion. That's yeah, the welcome <laughs> that yeah. line. Welcome to the rebellion. Like I love that. That kind of like shrug and like sassy walk away. I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> like, that was that was pretty cool. So she lets them know during their, you know, during their pilot test run, they're gonna try and make their break for it she's just got to call the ghost or uh, call the ship and it'll zoom in pick up out of there fortunately sounds so simple <laughs> sounds so simple unfortunately we get some people who are good at messing things up we get yes. our lovable agent callus and governor price i was glad to see callus back yes and those awesome sideburns now i was i was kind of wondering because Callus is ISB. So it's his job to be a detective and find things like this. Governor Price, as far as we know, Skystrike is not in the same sector that Lothal is where she's a governor of. So why is she on this hunt with Callus? Like, this kind of falls in his jurisdiction, but I feel like she's overstepping her bounds. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of didn't make sense to me unless i'm missing something where she's been granted extra powers that she can do stuff like this i don't i I don't think it's been said to us but it might be the case yeah i don't remember if she even mentioned uh thrawn saying that this was part of the plan no she there there was no there was no mention of thrawn (laughs) (laughs) yeah like there was no mention of thrawn in this episode so it didn't seem like it was part of their plan to ferret out the rebels like she literally just seemed like she showed up with callus because she just happened to be with him at the time however she however she did kind of one-up him and saying that she would be the one to kind of you know find what he can't so you get to the training where they're flying in formation and they have to break formation and they're going to do simulated dog fights and that's their that's their moment of opportunity they're going to call the ghost while they're there ezra picks up Ship comes in. They're flying toward it. Price gives them one chance to turn to turn around. What do they do? Nope. See you later. They go flying towards the ship, and she disables their ships in such a cool way. Oh, that was awesome! It was so <laughs> yeah. awesome. Did you guys ever have the old Tie Fighter toys? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly how they blew yeah. up. Like the spring-loaded wings that would pop out, like. Ah, uh, so much cool, like so many cool nods in this episode. By the way, I'm going to bring up yeah, too, because um, I'm always going to go back to Kanan and Ezra because I I just oh love I was going to bring that up too. Yeah, <laughs> you got to it first. Good. But uh, you know, they kind of addressed Ezra's frustration again. Obviously, he's keeping it in check, but the the lesson from Kanan was trust, and he said like you trust Sabine. He said yes, and he said then trust she'll succeed. That was the lesson right before that whole chaotic uh, scene happened. But I I was happy to see the the frustration come back again. Yeah. And I really like the fact that even though this was really Sabine's episode, we still had, you know, teaching moments between Kanan and Ezra. And we're continuing their, like, rebuilding their relationship after what happened. Like, we're continuing to see, um, even if it's a small scene, we're continuing to see uh, development between them. Um, from what happened in episode one continuing onward. So that was a nice little moment. It was. 
Yeah, I guess I completely forgot about it in all the TIE Fighter love, so. I know, you're all yeah, crazy about no, it. <laughs> but that was no. great, though. The foils popping off and they're going, they're tumbling like little little dough balls <laughs> in <pods>. space. <laughs> but yeah, but we see, so we see Ezra starting to freak out because they want to leave Sabine. It be, I mean, obviously they have to. The ship's getting shot at. If they die, then everybody dies. You know, they were taking a real chance because the Empire, obviously, they, they shot down Rake as they were flying to kind of yeah, prove a message. That was, that was cold. That was cold. That was pretty cold. I mean, there's no guarantee that they won't do that to Sabine or Wedge or Hobby. So yeah, because well, there was no risk. guarantee. On, yeah, and there was no guarantee knowing whose pod that was at the time. No, exactly. Like, they didn't know. And during that whole mess, too, uh, Kanan and Ezra actually take some bad hits on their transport and mm-hmm. have to have to leave her. So, like, the look on Sabine's face was, was very much like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm on my own here. So, as, so, our rebels get caught and taken back to Sky Strike, where they kind of introduce the torture chair, which was kind of like kind of intimidating you know with the with the shocks and everything um they take hobby and wedge away and are going to use it on sabine so we get a little cut no into... well they, they initially are using going to use it on wedge and they threaten wedge with it oh that's and right that's sabine, right who's the, who's sabine the rebel to give herself up that's yeah right. and sabine gives herself up yeah which and wedge yeah. apologizes because he could he, well wedge probably could have taken you know wedge wedge apologizes for what i don't know i guess being like oh electricity near my face ouch <laughs> wedge wedge but in yeah. this episode kind of strikes me as like the aw shucks guy like <laughs> like <laughs> i i just picture him as more of a farm boy now than i ever did before yeah like specifically because of the way he kind of talks and addresses sabine but yeah so he apologizes for giving her up. They take them. She's gonna. Price is gonna interrogate Sabine, and we get a really cool, you know, fight. Like I did yeah. not expect. And Price holds her own. She holds. Yeah, her Price own. kicks some, kicks some butt for just a couple seconds before Sabine gets the best of her. I loved. No, I loved it though. Like they. Like, well, the Imperials taught me well. Well, the Mandalorians taught me well, too. So <laughs> like, my clan taught me better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then, and then she and, throws her into the torture chair. Yeah. It'd be her. interesting to see what would have happened if the torture chair wasn't there. Like, what kind of fight would have gone down? Yeah. Like and I have a feeling like we're... Of more of a fight with this yeah. have gone out. And I have a feeling we might revisit this later because Governor Price is going to have a vendetta on Sabine now. This is not over. And you mentioned earlier too, Mike, that Sabine had some sass in this episode. She threw that sass out yeah. right when she helped Wedge and um, Hobby yeah. as they're yeah. trying to figure out some plan. She's like, oh, cute, you know. I loved <laughs> that. Like, that little, like, huh, cute. Like, <laughs> that sold me so hard on Sabine. I mean, not that, she, mm-hmm. not that she needed to be sold to me more because I love Sabine too, but that was such a cool moment, especially for two legacy characters like Wedge and Hobby, like to have them kind of like, eh, like you tried. And granted, they were trying, like they really did want to help her. They just are kind of bumbling, and it kind of goes to show how specialized the different 
factions of the Imperial military are. Because if you think about it, like these guys are basically the Air Force, but they couldn't take, you know, they can't take a room of soldiers. Like they, they're right. not trained. They're not trained for it. And that's how. I mean, that's one fault of the um, Imperials and how things change with the First Order. Uh, that's one of the faults that the First Order recognized and started cross-training people. Well, I mean, it was definitely a change but, even just from the clone troopers because the clone troopers were kind of trained to oh, eat yeah. everything as well. But whereas the Imperials, mm-hmm. it was more quantity over quality. So in the end, they go and they steal a ship and... Uh, Not only that, they steal a TIE bomber. Wait, 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 wait. You're totally missing something. Oh, what am I missing? Oh, no, I totally am. So they run into... Yeah, yeah. They run into Callus. You're missing mutton chops. (laughs) Well, they didn't really run into him. He actually kind of set that up. He He closed both blast doors. Yeah. And he sent them on a different path, you know, where they wouldn't get caught. That was such a neat moment because she, you know, asks him, why should we trust you? And then he name drops Zeb, you know, tell him we're even now. And I'm so glad they actually closed that loop because that episode where Zeb and Callus uh, were on that planet together, uh, at the end of the episode, Callus had this very conflicted look on his face when that episode ended. And it was like a bit of honor in that moment for him, you know, to kind of repay and pay it forward. I was so happy with that moment. That moment was so big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I personally wanted that to be carried on a little bit more. Like, I I just I get the feeling that that Callus is gonna become a rebel by the end of this. Oh, you? That's what you think? That's I, what, that's I, what she thinks. I'm there. I, with I you. think it's gonna be. I I yeah, think it's gonna I, happen. I, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna diverge and say that. <laughs> Yeah, he would love to become a rebel, maybe. But they're going to find out about this, and he's dead. See, I mean, yeah, that'll probably happen. But see, I, yeah, I think something's going to happen. But the, but the seeds have definitely, happen. the seeds have definitely been planted for it's him. So, yeah. Yes. No, I would love he's, him to become a rebel. No, I'm with you on that. I just, I just have a feeling he just signed his own death warrant. Well, if they find I like, out, I like him too. Much. Yeah, I just like him too much, so I think he's dead. <laughs> This isn't Game of Thrones. Characters you like don't always die. Every character I've liked. Has. But no, yeah, I just I got it. I got that that gut feeling. Callus is going to make the jump at the end, which is fine. You know, it'd like, be kind of cool if he's be, actually in Rogue One. That'd be One. really awesome. Yeah. If any of our characters from this show are in Rogue One, we're winners. I already talked about. Yeah, we're we're all winners if anybody shows up. Yeah. By the just way, they see, dropped the a new him. poster today. Yeah, it's yeah so as we record today, October 12th, week uh, on the Star Wars show, on the Star Wars channel, uh, Gareth Edwards showed up and dropped a new poster and said that on tomorrow, October 13th, we're getting a new trailer. Whee! So there is a contest, or not a contest really, but what they did with the last tra- uh, trailer, if you film your reaction and send it to them with the hashtag, they will. Uh, they might use it in a future episode, which would be cool. I know some of our other uh, Star Wars podcasters have done that and got in there, and it was kind of funny watching them freak out. So <laughs> you know who you are. So yes, they yeah, it's they steal a tie bomber, 
and uh, we get to see Scaris really show his piloting skills. Yeah, just picking apart that tie bomber, and like he could have obviously shot it down if he wanted to. Like that was, it's a tie bomber. There's no shields. I frankly, I'm kind of surprised that it had the carrying compartment. Like it's basically a space car. Yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I don't remember that about the tie bomber, but it was kind of neat seeing. So there there are two there are two pods. There is a main ordinate. No, oh, no, I'm looking at the schematics right now, guys. Oh, nice. I was pulling up the schematics to see oh, well, if they were actually. Well, the other pod is actually but, where the bombs come out. I know that. Right. Yeah. There's the cockpit, but it doesn't look like it. Just doesn't look like what they were exactly. I think they kind of. They they took some liberty for sure. Or there's something going on with the tie bombers that we just don't know about right now that they've redesigned it a little bit, which could be the case. But okay. I, I I love that uh, Scaris was you know kind of playing with them, picking them apart. I like the way Ezra and Kanan cut in though. That was a sweet shot. That was yeah. a sweet shot. And I love that the Carillion Corvettes got like all the extra dock. Like it's got like it seems like it's got like four like three or four docking ports for any ship that can just kind of lock on. Now my qu- my other question though is the tie bomber has a very specific like entry point. Like mm-hmm. do they kind of have to just ride in their ship as they're being tugged along by the Corvette or like does the airlock match up to that? Like, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Well, they were in the, inside the uh, cockpit when they jumped hyperspace. Yeah, but did they get out afterward? Because we've seen we've seen characters oh, yeah. lo- load in through the airlock. Yeah, but like the A wing has the canopy, which has to rise up. Like, how does that work? Do the A wing does you know the A wing pilots do they ride along in their ship already and then just drop out? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. We never see, but I'm kind of interested in that. <laughs> So yeah, so our so we get our two legacy pilots back on, you know, back into the fold. They are here in the rebellion. Such a risky yeah. mission for two pilots. I, that was the one thing that struck me the most in this episode. Yeah. There's so like, much chaos. They lost six pilots, gained two. You know. Yeah, like it felt like it was a little risky. I mean, granted, the the rebellion needs everybody they can, but. I mean, you're risking one of your top agents for two people. Two I mean, granted, people. Granted, three originally. But we didn't. Well, we didn't know how many people it was at the time. They had no idea. They just knew some people wanted to defect. Could have been ten. No, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, yeah, it just it just seemed like the stakes could have been higher. But it, it matches up though, because I mean, if you imagine what Wedge does in the future for the rebellion, it pays off for them. Is the one pilot. Who was there for uh, both missions against the Death Star? You know, it, it matches yeah. up, but I mean, we're kind of seeing the prequel part of that. But Wedge is considered one of the best pilots in the Rebellion period. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a good get. It's just <laughs> yeah, they just don't know it yet. <laughs> they just don't know it yet. So I wonder. I want, but I wonder if like Sato even thought like this was it. He yeah. probably did. He probably did. Uh. So what did you guys think? If you guys- what would you uh, rate this episode? I, that's that's a tough question, Mike, because when I first watched it, I wasn't that impressed with it until you actually dig into the background and how important this mission was 
for the rebellion, especially in the future. We know what happens in the future. So when I first watched right. it, I would have said I was I would have said this was like half filler, half important. Now that I like really dug into it, I have to say it was like a an eight because it was really important. It was just an important mm-hmm. mission for the rebellion to to complete, and uh, and plus they touched on some some points here with new characters. We got Scaris. We actually got to see what Price could do in combat, not just thinking, just in mm-hmm. combat. She yeah, she's not just a she's not just a officer, you know. Exactly, not just an intellectual. And also, uh, Ezra did not just forget everything. He's still frustrated. So. It, I think it was a really important uh, episode. It wasn't just a filler episode for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I had, I'm had kinda... the same feeling. But I'm at a seven. Um, I just, I, I think all that stuff is really good, but I still feel like this episode was more like we're moving, moving, we're putting, moving pieces on the chessboard. Uh but there were some really, really good key things that is keeping it from being lower for me because I still really enjoyed it. So it's a seven as opposed to an eight. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of there. Like it's like seven and a half, eight. Like I know how much I said I loved this because of all the Tie Fighter references. But mm-hmm. I, when I was watching it, I just, it kind of just got to the end, and I was like, oh, it's over already. Like this was a very fast episode too. Yeah, it felt faster than the last one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the things I noticed. But, I mean, in the end, like, that's not a problem. Like, we want these adventures to be fun and quick. But, mm-hmm. I mean, a solid seven and a half, maybe eight for me. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. Me too. Now, did you guys see the preview for our next episode, Hera's Heroes? I did not. <laughs> Lindsay, you Lindsay. have to check out that clip. That is on the Star Wars YouTube because you're gonna freak out. We'll we'll revisit this reaction next week. Yes, I was. Wait, why am I gonna freak out? Oh, oh, you, oh probably, I, you, you'll see. Okay, <laughs> I'm all right, excited. guys. Well, that is gonna do it for this episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast. Thank you for listening. If you guys enjoyed this, oh, I, I totally forgot. We got a Twitter quest, question. Oh, I meant. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, Michael Gibbons wants to know, do you guys think the Bendu is the name of his species or we will see multiple Bendu later on from different races? Multiple Bendu. That would be so, my answer. <laughs> going back to that, I, I, going back to that theory of the Bendu are the name of an order, not just the one guy. It, it depends on which way that for me, it depends on which way they're going with this. I'm going to go with that. They're it's the name of a group as opposed to his species. That, but that's my that's my theory, only because of what I know from legends. But I don't know which way they're going to go with it in this. Ernie, what about you? Yeah, see, I, I thought the same thing. Just because of legends, uh, I think there's going to be multiple Bendu. Um, just because he is in, in the middle, it's not always just Sith and Jedi, you know. Um, but. It's a tricky question, too, because the way uh, he presents yeah. himself, he says, I'm the Bendu. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with my, my answer, though. I think I think he yeah. is multiple. Maybe see, there I'm... were multiple. Maybe there were multiple Bendu and he's the last one. Oh, see, there we go. That's kind of where I was going to go with mine. I think he's oh. the last of the Bendu and that there were more kind of like the lion turtles on Avatar. 
mm-hmm. how there used to be so many of them and then we just had the one at the end. Like, I think that's the vibe I'm getting from Bendu. Like, obviously, this is basically a lion turtle. So, yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, you know, if anybody else out there has a question for us, please shoot it to us on our Twitter, uh, Ghost Stories Pod. Um, but we also have our own individual Twitters. So, Spectre 9, where can we find you? You can find me at Twitter, um, at Ernie TRC. Spectre 8, where can we find you? You can find me either at SDC Nerds Attack or Betty with an IE Bloodshed. And you can follow me on Twitter at It's the Rocketeer. That's I T S the Rocketeer. You can also check out Ernie and me on our other show that we do on the Random Chatter Network called The Retro Convo. You guys just recorded an episode um, about Scream, and unfortunately, I was not able to be on it. I'm a little bitter, but but we all we got some cool it. stuff. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah, <laughs> we got some cool stuff planned for the month of October. It's our spooky <laughs> Halloween month. Uh, but yeah, if you guys can. Uh, let us know what you think of the show by sending us a tweet or check out randomchatter.com for all of the other shows that we have green justice uh, retro convo like i just said random chatter echo base the main star wars show on the network and please like and subscribe but until then we'll see you guys next time may the force be with you